You're listening to episode 61 of GameSpot After Dark. On this week's episode, we talk about Genshin Impact, Cyberpunk Crunch, and Peter Parker's face. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Lucy James. Hiya. Tamor Hussein. Hello there. And Jean-Luc Seipke. Hello, hello. This is the first episode we've done in a while where we haven't had a guest. So this yeah. is just uh, the, the, the core crew for the most part. Callie's got another podcast after. She's going to be on the uh, on, on Jared Petty's like, oh, the 100 top countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So she's taking a break uh, this week to, I don't know, save her podcasting voice. I guess you could say that. So make sure <laughs> to check that out. But anyway, this week, what have we all been playing? Lucy, do you want to start? Yeah, so I I had a little meltdown in Slack when I was trying to remember what I've actually done this week. Um, I did play a bit of Mafia on Sunday morning, forgot about that. Um, What'd you think? I never played it originally. Um, I was digging it, honestly. It's quite a chill game. I was very encouraged. Uh, You said last week that it was relatively short. I just enjoyed driving around, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. But the main thing that I've been enjoying this week is the Great British Bake Off is back. I'm not calling it that shite American name that you have to call it because of Pillsbury or whatever it is. Great British. What is the American name? Yeah, what's the shite American name? The Great British Baking Show. Oh, you just said it. I know I just said it, but I won't (laughs) refer to it. In my my review, quote unquote, uh, I won't be referring to it as that. Bake Off. Um, So this, like, I know, I think I've talked about it on the podcast maybe last year, but like, Bake Off is one of those wholesome shows that just instantly cheers me up. And I'm so glad they're all on Netflix here. I I am one of those people who I'll watch Bake Off, but I never get the urge to bake. I will just buy my baked goods. I don't need to go through all that stress about soggy bottoms and watching the oven. Don't need it. But we were watching it on Friday. Um, There's a small group of us watching it. And it's just a very wholesome show. And usually you can tell who you're going to hate immediately when you watch it but this season is kind of magical because i didn't hate any of them um also in terms of like bake-off there was so much drama in the first episode someone accidentally knocked over someone else's plate of cakes just at the technical as well and then the showstopper at the end so that's like the um they get a brief they get time to practice it was maybe one of the weirdest briefs i've ever seen it was make a cake of someone who you're inspired by. And if you go online and look at some <laughs> of these cakes, about this. they are... Specifically, it's a bust. It's a bust cake of them. Oh, I mean, God. there was... <sighs> David Bowie just looked, <laughs> I don't know, sad, squashed. Like, and the thing is as well, it's like very wholesome. Everyone's laughing. And I'm not critiquing because I know for a sure that I couldn't do it. David Bowie just looked so sad. I thought um, Freddie Mercury looked actually really good because he was way more stylized. Mm. Or, like Most of them tried to do um, more realistic takes. Didn't really pan out. Um, but I think no. my favorite one had to be Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. <laughs> That's looked, the one I've seen. <laughs> it looked like, you know, that music video for Sledgehammer where he's all made of wax and it's all like, moving around. It reminded me of that. And it was... It's such a good show. I'm so glad it's back. Ah. That Tom DeLonge cake is genuinely horrifying. It's... Ah. Yeah, who would you make a cake of if you had... What celebrity mm. would you pick? The, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know that Geralt bust where he's like playing <laughs> Gwent? Yeah. And it's just like, that, that's probably what I do. It would look terrible, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, who would I make? I might make... I mean... Can't, I can't do David Bowie. Oh, it annoyed me. I got like very push glasses up nose because they said, oh yeah, we're making um, Ziggy Stardust. Um, but actually it was Aladdin scene. Uh, the the <laughs> um, lightning bolt across his face. Um, so that one's already gone, but like you could do David Bowie in um, maybe his life on Mars. Labyrinth. Or Labyrinth, Labyrinth. yeah. Oh, the hair. No, I would do Nikola Tesla from The Prestige. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) 
It's David Bowie's greatest role. Oh, Tesla. God, he can't do that accent for shit, can he? Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, Bake Off's Back is fantastic. It's on Netflix every Friday. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's, re- it's really fun. Enjoyable to watch. Yeah. The bit where the uh, the old cake knocking incident oh, came. Oh, my God. It was so good. Like, spoilers for it, but, like, it's a lady called Sura, and she's, like, adjusting. Oh, she's trying to, like, shoo a fly away from a cake. She's already an she, early favorite, by the way, because she walks yeah. her cat around like a dog. <laughs> <which I love. laughs> she, like, recoiled after, like, um, flicking this fly away, and someone was walking up just behind her. And like knocked the entire tray down, and then she was devastated. And then she went on to win that challenge. So everyone was like praising her, being like, "You're so good, well done. This is amazing." And she's like, she's like on the verge of tears because oh. she's just like ruined someone else's. But like they, they chilled, and it was all nice after that. I mean, it's never gonna be Bingate because Bingate had mm. repercussions that went out into the media. It was literally front page news. You should explain Bingate. I watched the clip. What's Bingate? And I didn't get it. Okay, so Bingate, they were making... uh, Was it a baked Alaska? It was something with ice cream. I think so. Uh, Anyway, there was this one guy, oh, and he had his ice cream in the freezer, but I think he'd put it in someone else's freezer, so the woman whose freezer he'd put it in took it out and just left it on the side. So obviously it all melted, but like he kind of went, why didn't you tell me... Like, why would you just leave it on the side? Um, obviously, kind of sabotage. But instead of him, you know, trying to work around it and explain to the judges, he just took it and just chucked it in the bin. Um, and then it became Bingate. Because it was like, news. did she do it on purpose to sabotage him? Oh, I Was it see. actually a mistake? Her name was Diana. And then she actually ended up leaving the competition a couple weeks later. Like, she didn't get voted out. She left, I think, because of... External Bing- pressures. Wow. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Bingate was a was a big thing. Still is. It sounds like a lot of drama <laughs> in a show that doesn't have a lot of drama, mm-hmm. right? No. And the, the, the other thing that's is the like, joy of it. if yeah. you are watching it, uh, probably worth doing. Uh, not that they need a shout out. If anyone doesn't need a shout out, it's the McElroy family. <laughs> but they have a they have a companion podcast called uh bake on which yeah. is very good and it's back as well yeah. um, of course they have yeah. a podcast for it they've got podcasts what? for everything I whenever i listen it's just travis, it's just travis oh, okay it's not the it's not yeah the it's not the entire yeah it's not the entire crew um, still though between the three of them like every time i listen to my brother my brother and me there's ads for other their their other family oh, yeah. podcasts it's it's, it's, it's a dynasty I, I know it, it truly <laughs> is they're the Rockefeller of podcasts. <laughs> I'd say so. Isn't today National Podcasting Day or something? I was seeing that on Twitter. It is. That's why we're doing it on a Wednesday. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yep. We, yeah. We've yeah. been preparing <laughs> for this for 61 I weeks. thought this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Tamora, what have you been up to? So I've been playing a game called Hades. Hades Nuts. Oh, I knew that was um, uh, which is, uh, I know you guys talked about it last week, but phenomenal game. Excellent, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I I think I'm doing pretty well at it. Like, I haven't done that many runs, but I get really far each time. Like, I was listening to another podcast, I can't remember which one it was, Like, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you get to, like, uh, Elysium within, like, 20 runs, you're doing really well. I think I got to Elysium on, like, my third or fourth run. And like, I think I got really lucky with my setup. I love the shield because it's got that distant spam thing. Mm-hmm. And if you like put uh, like uh, Zeus's uh, boon on it and it electrocutes everyone and then you add a few other modifiers onto it, it's incredibly powerful. So I've been doing really lame tactics because it's fun to do that. Like just using um, the kind of uh, projectile part of the shield, the Captain America part of using it and keeping people at a distance and crowd controlling and then getting in, doing a few strikes and getting out very like Dark Souls style style of prey. And um, You're playing it really Dark Souls? Pretty I much, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Meg, I beat on my first try because of Dark Souls. Like I very quickly realized that you can get three strikes in before she charges her like void blade move that has it, um, like it envelops the area. So I was like in three strikes out, Two, two dashes 
and then it would take her when she started dashing all i had to do was move one dash back and it would put me in perfect position to do like a dashing strike which would did extra damage and like i just mopped the floor with her and yeah I th- and i did the same with like the leviathan boss as well i was just like these bosses it feels kind of easy which sounds like a weird flex but i haven't really had any trouble with that game i was gonna say i think the great thing about meg though is that Meg is pretty easy, but I always mess up on her because I, I just think like, oh, this is easy, and I get overconfident and I stop mm, dodging yeah. correctly, and then I die, and I'm like, I just, I just beat her. Why did I die again? And it's because the game is being like, yo, you still gotta respect this this mm. boss just because just because it's easy doesn't mean you can't sleep on the job. Yeah, and like the the actual. Um narrative stuff that the way it unfolds as you keep coming back and even meg recognizing the way that you'll you'll keep coming back and if you change your loadout she'll respond to it and that kind of stuff it's just a fantastically well created game i mean like people have been heaping praise upon it already so i don't really have much to add in that way but i think probably one of the biggest or the most exemplary uh ways to treat a early access experience i've ever seen like that dead cells is one of them like i feel like dead cells they did really good with that they were very open and very clear about the things that we're doing but it feels like supergiant went one step further on it and like they were super communicative they had in-game timers to make sure you know counting down to the next content update and that kind Mm -hmm. of business and and it's been really really interesting to see it come together and be as good as it is um, you know, Danny did his no clip documentary kind of charting the process. So like if you are enjoying it, it's worth checking that stuff out because it is really, really fascinating. So just unsurprising that Supergiant has put out an absolute banger of a game again. Um, you love to see it. So I played that and then I checked out a game called Genshin Impact, which is a mm. very strange for the weave. It is very <laughs> all much over Twitter. Like, it is. It is intensely anime from the outset to the point where like it's it's the kind of anime that i'm not super into like cute cute like lots of cute little uh characters high-pitched voice girls and and like it's very much like i'm not into that as much um i find it quite grating after a while but it's a fascinating game because it's like it's a mishmash of so many different games and it seems to work. It's free, first of all, on on most platforms. PS4, uh, I think it's on Xbox One, PC, and mobile. And um, it's a fully realized open world JRPG that has like gacha mechanics that allow you to unlock new characters to add to your party. But it feels and looks a lot like Breath of the Wild in that you have this massive, really vibrant world that you can explore at your own pace and you've got a lot of climbing and that kind of stuff and the RPG, it, t- it teaches you how to cook in the same way and and then on top of that, it feels like Dragon Quest where it's like the open kingdom that you can go and speak to and everyone's got like a little bit of character to them that you that you speak to. Like I met this kid early on and I put like a... a <laughs> a couple of pictures of him up his name's timmy and he was just like he was just standing on by the side of the road and he was like pigeons in front of him and i ran towards him and the pigeons flew away and he was like hey you made the pigeons fly away and i was like oh sorry my bad i didn't mean to do that and he goes it's fine but sometimes i worry they'll never come back just like daddy and i was like what excuse you timmy what Uh, out of of curiosity how's the so you mentioned there are gotcha mechanics microtransactions have you had to do Mm. any of that because i noticed someone in the discord server was saying that they'd played a couple hours and hadn't seen any of that stuff like i the only reason i know it's there is because i had to look it up and that is what i found i've not actually encountered it any in any way yet i'm like maybe three or four hours in um because i've been i think you get to like the main first kingdom about two two hours in or so less than maybe that like an hour but like i've been running around and just like exploring and figuring things out um but it's not shoved it in my face the only way i realized that it's there is one i searched it two i went on playstation store and tried to see how it's monetizing the game and there's a currency that you can buy um but it hasn't prompted me to spend money or anything like that it's shown me like areas where clearly you could do it like it's like hey go to this screen this is the outfit screen where you can change characters visual style and there's like a character roster screen which is like 
really big and your characters are like two characters right in the corner, like really small icons. So you're like, oh, clearly it's going to fill this entire screen with loads of people. Um, and you can like switch between characters on the fly. They're like mapped to the D-pad. And the two characters I have is one is the main character I picked is the boy. And he's kind of like Link-ish where he's got a sword and also has the ability to like do certain magic and the other one like you tap right on the d-pad and you become this archer girl who's also it's not like palette swaps they're all part of the story like the archer girl is like the one works for like the the god uh in 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 the local kingdom and like you can use her for distance attacks and that kind of stuff um and there's like a weird story unfolding so it feels like dragon quest it feels like uh uh breath of the wild it feels a bit final fantasy-ish and it's it also seems like a fully fledged thing, like not like a, you know, a toned down uh, in terms of like uh, production value. It's got good music. It's got impressive, like cool visuals. It's trying to do a lot with it. The, the actual world map looks massive. I've not explored a, even a fraction of it. And there's loads of kingdoms and stuff like that. It seems like towns and people to talk to. Everyone has got something different to say. And you can also have conversations with a lot of them instead of just hearing a bit of dialogue and then moving on. So I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm just intrigued at this game that has kind of come out of nowhere, is free, and is like an amalgamation of various other good games, but somehow still makes it work for itself. Um, it's It's like easy to play because it has literally cost you literally nothing so I, I would recommend like if you're in the mood for an rpg jrpg it's free download it play it um it's worth worth taking a punt at yeah i haven't downloaded it i don't know if i will but i was like waiting on twitter for people to be like oh it's it's actually like only two hours of gameplay and then you have to pay for this you have to pay for that or they're mm, still yeah. developing parts of it but i've actually been kind of intrigued because based on the conversations it seems like that's not really the case no, so at least when, not when yet I, when i tweeted about it i had like people were replying and and saying like what game is this and then other people would jump in and be like oh this is genshin impact and a lot of people are like yeah i'm 25 hours in and i i haven't paid a single penny and like it's not asking me to do that so I really do wonder how they, how they kind of made it work. Um, and, and I think they're trying to do that thing where it's like um, just make the thing compelling and hope that people like it enough to, to kind of play it and, and, and spend money on it. Um, I want to, what is the name of the development team? It's got a really funny name. Um, it's like, it's, uh, it's going to annoy me now. But it's oh, it's like futuristic game developer team or some shit like that. It's like really <laughs> See, weird. all this sounds like a trick. Like it doesn't seem like it should it, be it, real. It, it looks like when you when you look at the actual developer and the name and everything, it looks like one of those uh, RPGs that is advertised to you on like Instagram ads. Yes, where you're like, exactly. This is yeah. a scam. Yeah. And then you start playing it and you're like, no, this is actually it's actually quite legit. And you know, not to talk shit about those games, but most of them do suck. But like this, this feels legit, um, and it, and it feels like really, really cool and interesting. I definitely want to check out more of it. The team, the the developer is called Mihoyo, Mihoyo, yeah. But they have got uh, okay, Mihoyo, the Otaku Save the World. That's what the name of the development studio. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a How company. You not I think that. Good for that. I, 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 yeah, I think that's. I think that might be the publisher. More than the uh, developer. The developer's got... I'm going to check. Mi... Mi Hoyo. Um, because it connects to, like, a central server. And it's like, hey, we're going to we're gonna connect your PSN account to this central server because we want you to... It's got multiplayer and stuff as well. I've not actually tried it, but it's definitely got that. Um, but, like, it, they are, like, a, a well-known... Um, uh, de developer or so they've got loads of like games i think of the of the similar ilk but um i think they are the publisher because there's a certain other games that are listed under otaku save the world as a company so i think that's my favorite game developer name of the year mihoyo otaku <laughs> save the world i just like the really boring ones like blizzard team four yeah <laughs> That's the Nintendo R&D unit yeah, Nintendo one. R &D unit. <laughs> oh, what's the Final Fantasy 7, oh. uh, 16 name? It was something real. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> I forgot. What was it called? <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. I'll pull it up. But yeah, it's, it's, it's worth taking a punt on. Like it's, it's 
literally they're free so you've got nothing to lose i will say up front it, it hits you with like extreme anime bullshit where like you are two cutesy characters fighting a evil looking lady and she's like talking about humanity needs to change and like my eyes glazed over almost instantly and then like once it starts kicking off i like snap back into it and it was fun it's got it's slightly rough around the edges but it's fine <laughs> creative uh, business part. unit three that's there the one <laughs> there you go. that's my yeah. favorite game developer <laughs> my ones are also like <coughs> excuse me the ones where it's like the game is or the team is named after the game that they're known for so oh, like yeah. you got gotoku studios team ninja team uh, ninja yeah. and that kind of stuff like very close to the i'd love it if rocksteady renamed like team batman or something like that <laughs> <You know? laughs> or like the coalition right like oh, i guess yeah, it's not yeah. Gears, yeah. but yeah. still yeah. three three four three industries uh-huh. yeah yeah that's I'm, pretty good i'm curious if the coalition like ever doesn't make a gears game and then it's well why why are you? yeah name doesn't really fit anymore uh but anyway jean Luc, what about you uh i've also been playing genshin impact i don't really have much to add outside of what tam said other than i'm uh intrigued so far i i also, I'm pretty like wary of like I, I think the voice acting is kind of whatever. Like the the high pitched like stuff does not work for me at all. If uh, my girlfriend's into it though, so she's enjoying it. So I'm like, okay, I, right. I, I changed the voice to Japanese because I was like, Ooh. oh, it'll be better in Japanese. It's way worse. It's even worse. <laughs> really? like, okay. It is. Ex- it's like extreme, and I was like, oh, no, no, is it like. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh. like, oh my god! You're like, oh, please relax. And then you have to like read at the same time if you're not like super familiar with what they're saying. Just stick with the English one. What, what the, about Chinese? Because it is a Chinese studio. I didn't. Yeah, maybe I didn't try. No, I didn't try that one. Maybe that's. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I'm I'm wary of is I, I'm, the combat's kind of not really doing it for me. It's like. It's very so it, the combat's like very elemental based, which is cool because the idea of you picking your different characters is that you're, you know, like, oh, okay, these enemies have water, so I should switch to one of my characters that has lightning and then use lightning attacks. So, like, that's so Pokemon, yeah, and like that mm. stuff feels good, like, in terms of like, like on paper, but something about the actual feel of the attacks doesn't really hit for me, like, they, they, they feel kind of mm. stiff mm. and and. I feel like I'm just kind of wailing on them sometimes. Like I feel like enemies have like really large health bars. So I don't know how like satisfying I find the combat to feel. I, I kind of feel like it might develop as you get more characters. I, I think the, so. I think the satis- the lack of satisfaction. I agree with you. I don't think it's satisfying, but I think they they might try and make up for it with like interesting mobs. It does that thing where the first thing you do is literally go into an encampment that looks like the first Bokoblin encampment from Breath of the Wild. And like it teaches you how to shoot fire arrows. So I'm hoping once we get more characters, it's like switching between them mm-hmm. is what they want you to do. Totally. And and they do. I did mess with that a little bit because there is like a, a screen where you can like see like what characters are available for the day, and they let you um try them out in like a little combat challenge. So you do get to actually like see if you like that character before you you put down the money on them, which is pretty cool. Um, is there a way to unlock these characters without spending money? Like just a lot of grinding, I assume. I think so because because the 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 currency you need, I believe you can get that currency on your own. Like I it, it, when I tried to buy, I like to see how I would buy one. It made me go like three currencies deep, where it's like, okay, you don't have this one currency. Uh, you can buy, you can get that currency for three hundred of these currencies, but you're 160 short, so you'll need to then spend the real money currency to get that currency. Oh my I'm like. God. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy any of this right now. But it does seem like you can actually get characters through grinding the game. That's good. I will say, just developers, please give us two currencies tops. One in-game, one microtransactions if there needs to be. We don't need anything more. For the love of God, please. Agreed. Well, agreed. Um, so other than that, I... I finished Tell Me Why, which I had uh, played the first episode back last when I was on the podcast, I think uh, two weeks ago or something like that. Uh, Sounds about right. I I finished the other two episodes. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it if no one's had a chance to check it out. It's really good. I, it didn't, it didn't, it was like, I didn't quite get there to like, this is my new favorite, like, of like the Don't Nod, like kind of like, you know, Telltale style games. Like it, it got really close. 
I think there were just like a couple without getting into like spoilers, I guess like there, there were a couple story beats that like didn't quite pan out the way I wanted to, or like, or more like the, the execution, like, like you, a lot of the games about like confronting characters about like stuff that's happened in the past and like the, the way those confrontations happened didn't feel as satisfying to me as they could have. Uh, but overall, I really, really liked that game. And I think it's got some amazing characters. Um, shout out to my, mo- my boy Michael, not our Michael, but Michael in the game, Michael, uh, who's this wonderful, wonderful uh, gay lad that you can, uh, you can share a nice uh, ice fishing moment with. And it's beautiful, and I love it. So... Uh, Really, really liked that game. I highly recommend it. I still don't hear enough people talk about it, so I, I, I want to do it justice and say if that is your kind of game, you should check it out. It's um, free on Game Pass. Well, you know, it, it is free, free as it can be on, on Game, game Pass, Pass, right? Yeah. It is on Game Pass, yeah. Oh, I forgot playing Rainbow Six Siege as well recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that is a fun experience. I'm playing on PC now, so oh, I, nice. can actually sh- I can actually shoot stuff and kill it. Yeah, you're doing pretty well. Doing okay, yeah. My Counter-Strike muscles are kind of like limbering up again. It feels good. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, though, it seems like you've uh, been playing something else on Game Pass too, Jean-Luc. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I started playing Ori, the, the new Ori, because I, I just like that one passed me by. I don't even remember when it came out. I feel like this year has been such March. a blur. March? Really? Say. Oh, man. Wow, really? Yep. Came out wow. I, I oh actually started God. playing it literally this week, too. Wow, it, yeah. So it's weird that you put this down. <laughs> I almost put it down, but I was like, I haven't played enough of this game to talk much about it. But Yeah, I've only put it in a couple hours, and so far it's very much like more Ori um, from what I remember the first game. But, like, I mean, God damn, it is beautiful. Uh, the the like, music for, is so the good. The music is so good. It feels so good. Like, like just, like, the, the, the fluidity of, like, the movement of, like, you know, like doing your like double jumps and like bouncing back and forth and like the combat, it all feels so phenomenal. Like even though right now where I'm at still is very much like just more Ori, like more Ori is just like phenomenal. So I'm really enjoying it so far. The the first one, if I remember correctly, right, your combat was done through this little orb thing, right? That would fly mm-hmm. around you. I think so. This one's got the sword. I, I forget what it's called, but that is a change that I like a lot, yes. it, unless I'm thinking of a different game, but I, it just feels so much more tactile. I remember that really throwing me off when I played the first one. It just, it didn't feel right. I think you're right. And this one actually, I, I, there are other weapons you can get. That's really fun. So like I replaced my sword with like a giant hammer where it's just got this really long swing, but you'll take out like half an enemy's health in one hit. And it's like really, really satisfying to just like jump in the air and like time it perfectly and just hit this, bug and they go like flying and then they'll hit like an environmental spike and it's like I, I, I want to buy all the other weapons now and like see how they, they mix it up because it just it like everything feels really good. Yeah, I mean I've only played a couple hours too and I've I'm I'm super impressed with it. I'm bummed it missed it like it kinda passed me by. But yeah. I remember not enjoying the first one all that much, so it wasn't really high on my list and I oh, think it was because of that combat thing. But to be fair, I only played a little bit of the first one. Maybe it does open up. Maybe I'm just, you know, I was just stubborn and only saw the very beginning and didn't test anything out. Uh, but yeah, Will of the Wisps seems really good. Uh, like I was saying earlier, the music is excellent too. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly what I've been doing is I've been playing Spelunky too. <laughs> I, I want to I wanna play Hades. I really want to play Hades. <laughs> but I, I can't. I Like I start Hades and I'm like, man, I kind of just want to do a Spelunky run. So I turn on Spelunky and do a couple runs that turn into, you know, a couple dozen runs. And then next thing I know, I've been playing for hours and I need to stop. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> it seems like that's how most people are with Hades. And I'm sure I'd be that way too. If, if I, I don't know, I don't know why my brain decided Spelunky over Hades, but for some reason that's what happened. And that's like all I've been doing. Uh, I did get a chance to play Call of Duty Season 6, though. Uh, I didn't play the multiplayer, or I didn't play the, uh, like, standard multiplayer. I only played, uh, what's it called, Warzone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when they added those, like, they added basically a uh, public transit system around the map. Oh, yeah, they've added the tube. 
Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't get to spend much time down there because I died a lot. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's still Warzone. I, I like that they're adding these. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're keeping the map fresh in cool ways. And I know, you know, if you play Fortnite, it's probably not that surprising to you. But as someone who completely missed Fortnite, didn't play it at all, and played a lot of PUBG, to me, it, it still feels kind of novel to see the map evolving in all the ways it does. That being said, like, I don't know. It's still Battle Royale. I can only do a couple rounds and then I'm done because I'm Battle Royaled out. Mm. Aw. Yeah. No, I mean, Warzone, I like a lot, but I have to be in a very specific frame of mind for it. Yeah. Because I'm not very good at it. That's the best way to put it. Um, And it can be super discouraging, so... I don't know. Give me Overwatch, man. (laughs) Overwatch Battle Royale when? No. Yeah, bring it to the next gen, right? Uh, Well, anyway, I think that about covers what we've been playing. So we'll move on to the topics. All right. First big topic this week is Cyberpunk Crunch. And no, that is not a serial, unfortunately. Ah, I was going to make that that joke. joke. Dang it. I was planning that joke. Oh, God. I I thought that joke and I was like, I'm going to say that. Stole it. I, I was going to put it on like our social thumbnail, but I was like, I don't know if that's the best joke to make uh, just on like, Twitter. I feel like people via, wouldn't be. Give me a hook yeah. and an eye patch and a little <laughs> pirate hat. There you go. Yeah, you've got to leave at least a day before you start making light of it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the story came from a Bloomberg article uh, in CD Projekt Red enforces a six day work week leading up until launch. Lucy, do you want to read the quote? Yeah, so uh, Adam Badowski tweeted out, um, these last six weeks are our final sprint on a project we've all spent much of our lives on, something we care for deeply. The majority of the team understands that push, especially in light of the fact that we've just sent the game to CERT and every day brings us visibly closer to shipping a game we want to be proud of. This is one of the hardest decisions I've had to make, but everyone is well compensated for every hour they put in. And like in recent years, 10% of the annual profit our company generates in 2020 will be split directly among the team. Ooh, Mm. I, you know what? The first time Cyberpunk moved, I was like, I don't think that game's coming this year. Like, honestly, I just, it just feels like such a huge ambitious game that i was genuinely genuinely thought it would be pushed to next year so i'm not saying that i could see this coming but it's like i don't know you could kind of see it but also like the challenges with working from home obviously but it's not ideal and i'm while i'm glad the studio is compensating like I don't know. Still Monetary mental. compensation is not the same as your health and stress and all that stuff. And so yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I really would like to get more clarification on. Yeah. The, the thing is like the whole point, the thing that makes this a difficult conversation or the thing that makes this more of a, if it, regardless, any sort of crunch practice is news because people want to report it and people want to shine a light on it. But what makes this one extra like sting sting a little extra is that they specifically took the time before to say that we're going to avoid this um and they made a big deal of saying that they're already working they're already committing to the idea that there won't be crunch on this because they never addressed it back in the day but the witcher 3 was a project that they crunched on pretty hard to get it to where it needed to be and the results of that are obvious one of the best games ever created um but in light of that, they did interviews. I think it was Shreya, and they said, like, when we're, we're already committed to this not happening, we're going to make sure that it's, you know, do we're going to, you know, not ha- we're going to have that healthy work-life balance, and people aren't like in that crunch period. And then the time since, especially this year, they've started to they started to like ease off on that and started to talk about, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. I don't think it's the the idea, I think the idea of them saying we're going to pay everyone is fine. Um, you know, that's required by Polish law. Like labor laws in Poland require you to pay people for overtime. So it's not like they're doing anything major there. They're doing the baseline where they um, pay the people for working the extra time. I think the, the bigger issue is like it sets, it sends the message that creating a game or it perpetuates the idea that games cannot be created to completion without crunch. 
because we have this studio who's making this huge game. It's said by all intents and purposes that it's going to avoid crunch. And after having said that, it still ended up in a period where there is crunch. And there has been, according to reports, for a significant period of time. Like people have been crunching for a year, perhaps even longer. And the message that sends is to people is like, you can't make a game without this crunch period, which isn't the case. There are people and there are developers that manage to do it without crunch. And perhaps the scale of the game is different. The demands on them are different. But I think this should be the reason why people are so up in arms and like very vocal about this being a negative thing is it needs to be driven into developers and publishers. They, they need to factor into their release dates and their, their kind of timelines that the game needs to be made without resorting to this kind of culture because, uh, you know, crunch isn't like, oh, we're going to make you work an extra day. It's a, it's a sustained lifestyle where you're forced to think and behave in ways that over a prolonged period will degrade you regardless of how much you're getting paid on a day-to-day -day basis for that work. So I think that's the reason why people are upset about it. It's the idea that it's it feels it's the it's the uh, preposition that games being made in this way are impossible without that intense crunch period at the end, which I think shining a spotlight on it in this way and pointing out the hypocrisy of saying you're not going to do it and then doing it is a step in in trying to uh, resolve or at least get improve the situation around a little better. Again, like uh, from the from the for their part, it seems like they have made an attempt at avoiding it, and the game got delayed what twice, mm -hmm. um, and so it's clear that they tried to make it, uh, you know, make the game and get it completed without resorting to it, and ultimately it ended up this way. But that's not that's no that's not a way to excuse it. You can't excuse it because of that. If your ambitions are to create the greatest game of all time, that it's like massive cyberpunk RPG keep in mind that the people are still there making it and that you need to make sure that you're not killing them and burning them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you think that, you know, do you think part of this could be because of the coronavirus, people are working from home? Like, obviously, that's going to make things a lot more difficult. Maybe they, maybe the reason they delayed it was to not have crunch, you know, but it can't, but they're at this point where, like, they can't delay it again, right? Like, mm. like the... I, I, I'd rather have them delay it than have the game out now, but fans would be up in arms. They'd yeah. be they'd be super mad because they've been waiting for this game for so long. It was supposed to come out, you know, way back in April, which to me sounds absurd now even thinking about it, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that they thought they'd hit April seems kind of ridiculous. Uh, and even having played it, what, back in... When did we play it tomorrow? June? July? Something like that, yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was so buggy. Like, I... Obviously very excited for that game, but I remember playing that and being like, ooh, there is a lot of work that still needs to be done. And I, and I think they ended up delaying it. That was around the time they delayed it, which made sense because I was like, yeah, probably needs that extra time. Uh, but like, I don't know. The, yeah, it's so tricky. It's, uh, it, it's a mm -hmm. bummer that they've, they've done this, though, because like you're saying, after they said that hey, we aren't going to do this. We are going to try our best to avoid this. And then ultimately yeah. it came down to them asking their people to work, you know, an, an extra day every week. I feel like that just sets a bad precedent and like empowers other studios who, who also engage in that practice and don't live in places like Poland where they are required by law to pay people, you know, like mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's just like they, they could have been that like shining example to the to the rest of the industry of like this is how you could do it and like they unfortunately were not able to do that and like that really sucks yeah i mean it's difficult mm -hmm. too right because you hear about like ubisoft as of late apparently has been doing pretty well about not enforcing crunch on their workers at least based on what i've heard uh i was gonna say it, something but, spicy there but i won't <laughs> you can say it, but, but Ubisoft was, has been doing other things that require exactly. Well, I was going to say it been doing like some a good other thing things. that Ubisoft is doing for a change. Uh, but you know they haven't been enforcing crunch this much, at least as far as we know. And a lot of their games do come out buggy and messy, and they just get like lambasted by the public and mm. and fans and whatnot because their games are buggy. And like you kind of have to sit back and think, like you know maybe these games have issues. Maybe the issues arise because they're not 
crunching their their mm-hmm. their staff members to get this done. But then you know you've got CD Projekt Red or Rockstar, for example, that's that gets praised for these like very polished. Uh, I don't know if I'd call The Witcher Three very polished when it came out, but huge you know what I'm trying to say. Games, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, these Critically huge games that acclaimed. are like polished as much as they can be in that situation. But it's like, okay, yeah, that's good. But to get there, there was most likely a lot of cr- crunch well, involved. Yeah. I, I feel like that that does create this weird, like, uh, falsehood of, like, it, it. that's, like, the, 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 the binary, adi- like, way it can work is, like, either we crunch and the game comes out good or we don't crunch and it comes out buggy. And I feel like there just maybe needs to be, like, larger structural changes in the way games are like developed or like the way games are are managed like i think there's just so many other and i'm not a game developer so i don't i don't know the inner workings of games i know every game developer does it differently but i think like there there's there's definitely got to be like other things you can look at in the way these studios are developing games that can like you know create a, a better working environment, but also not have your game be out in a buggy mess. Like I, I, I don't think it needs to be this binary thing that I think some people kind of like think of it as. Agreed. Uh, well, the next big thing, which also caused some, uh, God, I don't know, some negative reactions was that Peter Parker's face looks different in the Spider-Man <laughs> PS5 <laughs> remaster, which is kind of a weird story. I've seen a lot of people be like, Oh, it's because they're trying to make them look like Marvel's Spider-Man or uh, Disney's Marvel Spider-Man, not Sony's Spider-Man from like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. But I think it's just because they wanted to make something that looked more like Yuri Lowenthal, the voice actor. It, it's mm. a te- it's a tech thing. So the way they explained it was um, basically to because of motion capture, you have to have your face model um, like somewhat like match the facial structure of whoever's doing the mocap so that they can like get better mocap. And I guess the new tech they've been introducing um, for like Miles Morales and the other Spider-Man games, um, the old face model like just was not up to par with Yuri Lowenthal's uh, like mocap. So it just, I guess it didn't work right. Um, And so they were like, yep, we had to kind of get a new face model that like matched your Lowenthal's bone structure better, essentially, is what they were saying. But, like, well, why change it in the PS5 version? Because it's the same game, right? They're not using new yeah. tech for that game. Maybe just to test it out. It, it just seems kind of strange. I mean, like, I, I, presumably he'll show up in Miles Morales and he'll probably have that new face and maybe they wanted to, like, sync yeah. the two up yeah, and kind of, point. like, reestablish the whole thing. I, I get it. it it's... I, I prefer the old Peter's face. I'm not going to lie, but like, I totally understand it from like a technical standpoint. Like I, he just looks a little bit younger. I think is the only thing I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of the complaints have been. Honestly, you couldn't pay me to care about this. I know. I, yeah. Like it's Why? a different face and they talked about it. Uh, they explained it. I just, I don't understand the uproar and like, maybe that's just me just kind of being, I don't know. I think there's more important things in the world uh, yeah, to I was worry about say, right like now puddles. than a character. Yeah, like yeah, let's puddles. talk about the puddles again. But, like, or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man suit. <laughs> hey. hey, I feel bad for like the guy who originally did the facial capture, mm. but sure. at the same time, he will have, you know, he got paid. He's for still that role. in that game. Can like, you believe in the original we- version? This is just a different. Look, this is me really stretching to try and care about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm tired. I, like, yeah, it's interesting, like, to understand the reasoning behind it. And I think you're right that it's probably because he is going to be in Miles Morales and they just, maybe they couldn't get the old actor, but, like, or they just decided to, you know, go with this new guy because of the uh, similarities between him and Yuri. Mm. Good. I just Good. wish that we lived in a world where, you know, us as a society were a little more prepared for our superheroes to have different faces in different versions. If only there was a way that we could have been prepared <laughs> for that. If only, you know, it would have been like, maybe mm. if there was like movies where different Spider-Men showed up and they had like Spider-Man. different actors and, you know, they, they weren't always the same actor, perhaps, you know, 
Marvel made one and then, you know, Fox made one or like uh, Sony made one and they had to use different actors. If that was the case, then maybe it would be easier pill to swallow to have a two different faces of Spider-Man. But of course, we don't live in that world. Grow up, everyone. (laughs) Grow up. I kind of, if you're the type of person who gets so worked up over something like that, that they harass developers and all that shit it's like yeah you need to like, yeah. everyone will get used to it everyone will forget like, about it they did the same thing with uh, infamous they changed mm-hmm. they changed cole's face in between one and two and everyone was complaining about it and blah 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 and after that game came out no one cared it's yeah. gonna be the same thing and to be clear we're speaking to a specific type of person that is out yeah. there like outrage machining it up most people i've been like i've seen a lot of people be like i don't really like the new face and then just move on yeah, exactly. Um, and, and express their opinions in a very reasonable way. But then you get some people who are like pitchforks ready, trying to like harass developers. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? Relax. You're getting a different face. Like how much he puts a mask over his face for 99% <laughs> of that game. That's his whole shtick. Like, the idea that they're going to like go back and like yeah. undo all that work, like. No. What is it? Like, I, so Brian Interhar from um, Insomniac. First of all, it looks like Brian wrote something on his PC and then took a yeah, picture with his phone. <laughs> Brian, we're going to have some words about that. I don't know you. I think I met you once. But Windows Shift S. You can yeah. take a yeah. screenshot like, now. Shift 4. <laughs> uh, but like some of, these, some of these tweets. I'm sorry, but I find this explanation hard to believe when it's unmistakable and undeniable that Peter has not only been made to look several years younger... But in parity with parity, parity, parity with yeah, Tom parity. Holland, whom I feel is the worst iteration of Spidey yet. Right, this well. is incredibly well, disappointing. Sh- that's that's a, that wait, person's wait. just wrong. <laughs> but also, this this guy has like said, "Oh, it's also disappointing because the PS4 owners won't get this as a free upgrade." So it feels like maybe it's just like an extension yeah. of that. That's a very good point. Like, it's a lot of. There's a lot of ancillary things happening with that game that have built up frustrations, specifically around like upgrade, paid upgrade, cross saves, that kind of stuff. And this just feels like a way, this feels like a simple thing to channel that rage at because there's a lot to unpack with all those other things. But like anime avatar Twitter users are out in force right now, just giving people shit. And like the, the most annoying thing is this presumption that people have that they understand how game development works. Like, ah, that, that doesn't seem like it was, you know, it's easy to change it back. And it's like, shut up. You ain't got a clue what you're talking about. S- somewhat related, uh, uh, John Linneman of Digital Foundry made a tweet. He was just talking about how good the, um, the ray tracing looks in like mm. the screenshots they showed. And then like somebody responded to him being like, actually, that's not ray tracing. That's like... SSA and you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you're going to tell the digital foundry guy that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Random guy on Twitter. Okay. Like, I mean, I I get the people who are kind of upset on behalf of the original actor. Has he said anything about it? Like I I didn't even a lot of the outrage, like just, I'm just looking through like the replies to Brian's tweet and it's all just, um, people being mad because they look, he but looks younger and he, he looks d- he like... He didn't even do the mocap. It was Yuri who did the mocap. So he would have just came in that one time. He literally time just did the face. For the so face. It's like everyone get mad at... Yeah, it's like he did it like years ago. He probably doesn't even remember. Who knows? The Hard problem isn't the change itself. It's the yeah, Peter now so. looks younger than Miles, which doesn't really work for the whole been doing this for years. Going to be your mentor now role he's filling in the story. I don't buy a baby face like that having been Spidey for that long. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god. I've I've been reading Spider-Man and watching Spider-Man since I was a kid. And do you know how many times his face has changed over the years? And I can't even count. Do you know how many times it upset me? Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, All right. Jake, let's move on from this. Yeah, we, we probably should. I, I, uh, one thing I will say is we weren't going to mention the debate, but after the debate last night... I have to tell you, when I saw people mad about Spider-Man, I was like, this is literally the last thing I could possibly care about at yeah. this moment in time. Like, that's all we'll say regarding the debate. But honestly, like, who gives a shit? Oh, I'm sorry. I saw someone say, I hope this changes like Sonic did. That is, 
You fucking terrible precedent. There is. That is there terrible is. precedent. That is not what and you I mean, yeah, hear. they changed Sonic for the better, but like... Uh, but like, read up on what work went into doing that because it, yeah. it was crunch. It was crunch. It was and horrible. then that whole yeah. studio yeah. got crunch, let and go. And then that whole studio yeah. got shut down and like, and yeah. all those people got let go. So, oh no. Anyway, let's move on to listener questions, shall we? Yeah, mm. go on then. All right, first question here is from Jeremy Biff on Discord. But if you've got any questions for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord by DMing one of us on Twitter and we'll get you right in there. There's a whole channel in there for you to ask your questions. We pull most of them right from there. And the first one is from Jeremy Biff on Discord. They say, hey, I listened to all the episodes of the podcast. I listened, oh man, what what am I doing? How many beers have you had, Jake? Uh, One very light beer. Sounds like you're biffing it. I'm biffing it. <laughs> hey, I listened to all the episodes of the podcast last week. What's your favorite alcohol and non-alcoholic drink? Keep up the good work. Tamor, do you want to start? Because I imagine you're just going to have a, a non-alcoholic drink for us. I do, yeah. Um, I don't drink, so um, I'm a huge tea drinker. Um, I have multiple cups of tea per day because I have the like elite tea addict combination of being English and Pakistani. So that's basically like, those are our two national drinks. Uh, um, but in terms of other beverages, I really like ginger beer. Um, it's my favorite drink. Uh, they, you have ginger ale here more than ginger beer. And that's a very different drink that I'm not into. Um, but I will drink it if that's the only option. But ginger beer is probably my favorite one. There's also a, a drink. I don't know if it's like worldwide, but Lucy will know it called Copperberg. <sighs> Which is actually an alcoholic drink, but they do a non-alcoholic variety of it, which is really, really good. It's like different fruit blends that are like carbonated. Um, And I have not found an equivalent here, like high end. You know how people take beer really seriously here with like craft beers? Copperberg felt like a craft soft drink. And there's no like alternative of it here as far as I've found. Yeah, it's um, in the UK. It's a a cider. The uh, kiwi and lime one um that's elite it's very good forest fruits was the one i always liked i mean for me like i guess if we're just starting with non-alcoholic like a a nice glass of orange juice like fresh squeezed orange juice is bits or no bits sorry pulp or no pulp pulp yeah gotta have pulp fresh squeezed gotta have pulp i I don't want a drink that i can chew you know well, I mean, yeah, I've I've heard that people I have I've heard people, you know, drinking pulp and and like it making them throw up. But I don't what? think that's the case. I think that's pulp fiction. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> well, that's what we're calling this episode. I mean, you, you can filter out the pulp. It's still going to taste really good. But like yeah. fresh squeezed orange juice is yeah. is where yeah, it's at. Like and, and it's crazy how much better. Well, I guess it's not that crazy, but like the difference between fresh squeezed orange juice and just, you know, store bought orange juice is night and day. Like Tropicana orange juice is disgusting, but fresh squeezed, mm, that's it. That's the one. What about about alcoholic? Uh, I mean, I'll just drink any beer, (laughs) honestly. What's what's, what's the one that you have the hat of? The one that you have the hat of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Topa Topa. That's like a local brewery that's very good uh, from my hometown which i enjoy uh, we, we, we were trying to get sponsored by fort point at one point oh yeah, yeah. Oh, fort, fort point we're like oh what are this fort lovely point fort point is IPA. my favorite <laughs> <laughs> in fact i'm drinking fort point right now <laughs> <laughs> the the sketchy look off to camera doesn't work um, when yeah no one can audio. see it it's fine yeah <laughs> i'm selling this also, if you're if you're into beer, this is a plug for one Dave Jewett on our team. He does like live streams on Twitch, which is part gaming stream and part beer stream. Um, so what if you're lads. like, yeah, if you're looking to see like what different beers taste like and get reviews, he's a, he's the man to go to. Find him at Irregular Dave on Twitter. He finds some weird ones too. Like I tuned in, he was like drinking a blueberry beer, and yeah, oh yeah, I was like, that sounds that sounds like something I'd want to taste. I don't know if I'd want it, but it sounds like something I want to taste. Um, I'm trying to think what mine would be. Mm, um, 
I am always weak for a Diet Coke, but I do think the um, the Diet Dr. Pepper is an elite drink. Um, yep. It's very, very good. Um, in terms of alcoholic drink, I am a basic bitch and I love White Claw. I drink a lot of White Claw. My, lime is my favorite. Um, but I also enjoy like a nice, a nice Pinot, a nice red. Or actually any gin-based cocktail that has like cucumber in it, I'm a sucker for. You, you are a big DC person as well in, in the UK, but it seems like you shifted over to Diet Dr. Pepper when it DC's became 25 over cents. Here. Well, yeah, because it was 25 cents on office, but DC's <laughs> yeah. over here, Diet Cokes, uh, taste different. Yeah, I've learned this very slowly. Yeah. So not as big a fan over here. Oh, there's a, there's, oh. A, sorry, there's a brand in, in uh, the UK called Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And they do a uh, mango flavored drink, a passion fruit, fruit flavored drink, and a lychee flavored flavored carbonated drink, and they are S rank, so good. Uh, sorry, before I ask John Nig, uh, in a testament to just how much I like White Claw, uh, Andrew Goldfarb, friend of the show, messaged to say some big personal news, and he got a different variety pack of White Claw, and just said it's got some new flavors I haven't tried yet. <laughs> so I, I've still never had white claw. I feel like I like, should have it at some point. You should it, like it's it's totally fine and it gets gets you where you need to go. Isn't it just like LaCroix with some alcohol? Like I like LaCroix yes. a lot, so I I'm sure yeah. I'd like it. One thing I forgot to shout out is uh is Habiki. Habiki whiskey with like Ooh, one solid ice yes. cube. Just one ice cube is is perfect. Like there's Japanese made the like Japanese whiskey is so good. If you get your hands on that, like, 30, 30 aged hibiki, oh, man. Yeah, Peter, Peter's hooked me up before. He's, he's the person to talk to. <laughs> Jean-Luc, how about you? Uh, for regular drinks, I would go with either um, some fresh lemonade. I love making homemade lemonade. Because uh, uh, you can control the amount of... Because I feel like you get store lemonade, and it's like... It, it, it's never correct, like, the amount of sweetness versus, like, you know, tartness you want. It's, like, mm-hmm. you can really control it when you make it at home. It's really good. Uh, for beer, my favorite that comes to mind would probably be um, a double IPA called Heady Topper, which is from my hometown. Uh, my hometown is, like, big on craft brewery. And back when I was in college, that was, like, the the best beer uh in, in the state at the time. I'm sure if I go back now, everyone will tell me I'm a scrub and like Hetty Topper's like old hat and they're all drinking like triple triple sunshine now or something like that. But Hetty uh, Topper. Hetty Topper's mm. pretty good. Nice. All right. Next question here. Lucy, do you want to read this one from Carbon? Sure. So Carbon on the Discord. I have a little bit of a dilemma. So currently I have a PS4 Pro and a Switch Lite with a messed up micro SD card reader. And I want to get a PC, but I also want a new Switch. And also I have a lot of friends who have Xboxes and I want to get an Xbox because of that, but I only have like $1,300. So should I put the money and get a PC or get a cheaper PC and get a Series S or Switch or get all three and get a cheaper PC, a new Switch and do the financing for Xbox? Hmm. There's a lot going on there. There's wow. a lot going on. Um, so I should point out that I think, in in a follow up, there was a whole conversation of, of people in Discord giving them suggest or giving them suggestions and whatnot, and I think they may have fixed their uh, their Switch SD card or something. I think oh, I saw okay. that. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot to follow here. There's even more to follow when you you know look at the whole conversation. But I figure we can just kind of like just go from that like. PC, okay. like with thirteen hundred dollars, what, what what would you do? If they're only worrying about the PC or about the Xbox for playing with friends, I would recommend getting the PC because uh, a lot of games between PC and Xbox now have crossplay um, and party chat works across them too. Yep. So mm-hmm. assuming you're not like I I guess I don't know what games specifically you're playing, but if it's definitely first party, they'll be set. And I would say at this point, most major third Warzone. parties like. Call of Duty, Warzone, that's all cross-play. So yeah. I would say th- I'd go PC over the Xbox. Yeah, I mean, like, you can definitely do the financing for Xbox, and then you would get the... So hang on, I'm trying to see... What's the justification, Carbon, for wanting to get a PC if ev- if everyone's on Xbox anyway? Like, do you need PC for 
work or school or just like some PC games. That's so, a good point. Like, yeah, I think, I mean, getting a PC is probably the safe bet because there's so much cross-platform play. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, then you're laughing. Here, here's the thing, though. Like, I think the the smart thing to do was get would be get a PC because you are in the Microsoft ecosystem then, and that's where and it's fully connected to most of our Xboxes. The issue you have is, um, and like uh, everyone can speak to this, but um, getting a cheaper PC yeah. might might not be the right play here, even though it's smarter to do so. But it could mean that the the, the shelf life on it is lower since you're buying lower powered parts. And if gaming on PC changes in a significant way, which is likely to do because that's what usually happens, you might find that your PC is kind of left behind very quick, quickly. Whereas once you buy a console, there's very little going to change in that architecture over time. And also it's a closed system, so there's less likely to be major kind of degradation or faults with it in that um microsoft or you know the whatever platform holder or retailer won't be able to take care of pcs have a way of constantly screwing up and once you've purchased the parts and put it together it's kind of on you to figure that stuff out um so like if it was if it was if you were saying i'm going to spend the money to get a 3080 top of the range pc then i would say do that because you're good for this generation then and like you can spread out upgrades a little more evenly but if you're buying a mid to like low mid tier then i would probably say get the console um maybe even splash out on a series x because then you're good for a while and you know that there's very little going to change in the hardware architecture and the world around it that will push you out of playing the games exactly the way you want to play them. That was pretty good. I don't have much more to add to that. I think like kind of to Lucy's point is that it is, I definitely consider too, right? If you're not going to use this just for games, like if you have school or work and you're, you need a PC, then obviously I would prioritize the PC. Uh, But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I, I like what Tomorrow was saying too about financing an Xbox Series X because then you don't need you're spending less. You don't need to worry about upgrading your PC or you don't mm-hmm. need to worry about all these issues that may come from a PC. So I, I'd say that's a good bet, especially if you've got friends there too. Like mm-hmm. the big reason I play on Xbox is in PCs because I've got friends there. So. You know, that's always my priority when it comes to buying these new consoles is where, where are my friends going to be? Hmm. Where are my friends at? But now I got friends on every platform, so it doesn't matter. Look at you. I, know. I, don't, go f- I don't go friends. I go family. Oh, yeah. oh. All right. Show me up. <laughs> anyway, that's been episode 61 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for joining me and thank you for listening. If you've got any questions, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord server by DMing any one of us on Twitter and we'll get you right in there. There's a lot more that goes on in there than just questions for the show. Lots of good <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Sounds like a vague threat about joining a cult. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, but please reach out. We'd love to have you there. And with that, where can people find you, Lucy? Uh, I'll be branding people with the initials GSAD. Um, <laughs> Nexium rules uh, in our Discord. No, I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games. This week on Generation Next, uh, we've got Michael Hyam, who has an Xbox Series X, a real one, uh, on the show, answering questions that were put to him um, via that we called out for last week. So. If you had burning questions about the Series X or, or just want to get like a, another cool info dump and watch a man lick a console, then that is up oh, right yeah. now. That's how you get clout. Just got to lick the console. I Yeah, I love the fact that um, Xbox's social media manager, uh, Josh Stein, tweeted out, I can't believe I've had to say this, but please don't lick your Series X. <laughs> 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 to be fair, it is the middle of the pandemic, but Michael did wipe it down before he did it. Yeah. And I will ensure Hopefully that he wipe wipes it down, it down before he sends it back. <laughs> uh, Tamor, how about you? Uh, you can find me serving flavor aid to all you fine uh, joiners <laughs> of our Discord. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen after you drink it. Mad and respect <laughs> for using the correct uh, powdered drink. 
Yep, yep. Um, Honestly, I'm thinking we want... should rebrand this Discord server, this whole thing. Like, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think there's another avenue we can follow here. Yeah. And I'm on Twitter at Tomorrow H. Uh, how about you, Jean Luc? Uh, you can find me at John Luc Saipke on Twitter. Uh, I don't have anything else going on, but yeah, go check out the Discord server. Actually, we, we just updated the Discord server. It's now officially a community server, which I don't think actually will change anything on the user's ends. I don't think they'll even notice, but that means we now have access to like cool extra tools that we can use to, to make the server better. So look forward to that soon. Oh, and I'm, I, I guess I'll probably talk about it in the coming weeks, but um, I am starting to plan for various events that uh, come at the end of October, beginning of November um, that we do every year. So look forward to that. That should be fun and exciting yeah. and not a total nightmare to plan remotely. Could ah, <laughs> be great. Uh, and you can find me at Jacob Deck and more cyberpunk stuff. Jess, Jess has, a, has a cyberpunk video, a lore video going up Saturday all about the different districts in Night City the week after that. I'll be doing one on Brain Dance, which is like the cyberpunk VR sort of deal. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. And those are the things that come to mind. Probably a bunch of reviews too. Uh, yeah. Star Crash? Wars, right? The Star Wars, Star Wars and Crash review are. Mm -hmm. Actually, the review may not be up yet because I think there's multiplayer that needs to be tested, but the Crash one should be up by now. There should be single player impressions, I believe. Yeah, single player one. impressions. Yes. Should be up. Anyway, yeah, Star Wars Crash. Check it out. We've got we've got impressions, reviews, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.